RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Our Buccaneers got things done yesterday against the Chicago Bears. And uh, if you're a Buccaneer fan and you've been watching this Buccaneer team for a while, I don't think you were nervous about yesterday. Listen, I was on air all week last week, and I, I kept on asking people, Give me a scenario where the Chicago Bears can beat the Buccaneers. And not one person can come up with one single scenario. And you know how the game ended up? Just like I thought it would. It it looked like a a Super Bowl-type bound team. And I don't know if the Bucs are going to the Super Bowl, but they're one of six teams right now that you pencil in to getting to go. There's not that many teams. Listen, 38-3, to it was worse than score, okay? Uh, The Buccaneers left some points out there. Um, listen, Justin Fields is a young quarterback on a team with not that much talent right now on both sides of the ball, to be honest with you. I didn't see a very talented Chicago Bears team, period. And everybody was crucifying Matt Nagy because he didn't put Justin Fields in. Justin has to play. He has to play. Don't put Dalton in. Dalton sucks. Well, you know what? Compared to Justin Fields, Dalton does not suck. Okay, Dalton is below average. Justin Field is is pitiful right now. That's not because c- he's going to be pitiful. That's because the way that's the way it is right now. That's the way it is with most quarterbacks in their first half dozen games. They're pitiful. There's been a couple exceptions, but not many. Okay, so that's what Justin Fields is right now, and that's the way it is. Now our Buccaneers are six and one. Best start ever in Buccaneer history. It's not a bad thing. Um, Bucks had a 31 rushes yesterday for 182 yards. And as the game went on, and I'm always that guy who's always preaching balance, and we need balance and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to stop saying that because the Buccaneers are in a p- position now where I think they believe that balance is just wasting their time. Because they're they're scoring anyways, and this is the part that I th- uh, that the Buccaneers that doesn't trip me out because I think a lot of times teams throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball to get past ha- happy, and then when it's time to run the football, they can't. The Buccaneers can run the football. They ran the football very effective yesterday, but it's like they don't want to waste their time spending that much time to score. It seems like like they don't want to run the ball twice in a row. They feel like it's taken away from Tom and what he's getting accomplished. I'll be honest with you. Tom didn't play great yesterday. Tom was off yesterday. And when Tom is off and you win by 35 points going away and leave points on the board, it tells you a little bit about how much better the Buccaneers are than the Chicago Bears. Bucks had 28 first downs. We had Bucks, and this is the part that you have to go back and watch the game. 28 first downs. Uh, there was zero sacks by Chicago. Brady's jersey might have been cleaner after the game than it's than when he started. And I made a point of that. Brady did not get touched all game long. And if everybody is trying to knock this team off the pedestal, the first thing and first and foremost, you better start hitting Brady, people. You better start hitting Brady sooner than later. Brady, I didn't think he had a great game, but you know, once again, it's it's a, he didn't have a great game for Tom Brady. Okay, if it was Justin Fields, it'd be a fantastic game. But 
you know, in between that game where I didn't think Brady played great, um, he made a half dozen throws where, as a fan, you go, whoa, that's the reason why he's the GOAT. Back shoulder throws to Godwin. A couple of those plays that they were to show them, you can't cover them. When Godwin is coming out of a break or, you know, a guy's covering him with his back to him and Brady puts that ball where it's supposed to be, you can't cover it. And that's where he is right now. Tom Brady's putting that ball where where other people can't intercept the pass. I think he might have thrown one one throw behind, I think it was maybe to O.J. Howard. Other than that, you know, his placement was pretty darn good yesterday. And, you know, as a whole, defensively, we just shut down a lesser offense. So I don't want to put too, too, too much stock in that. Offensively, we looked about as good as we'd been looking. Um, and then you want to see, there's certain things you want to take out of the game. And this is this is one of the things I took out of the game beforehand that I really love to hear. I love to hear the fact that Richard Sherman is out because of a hamstring. And uh, the defensive back coach for uh, the Buccaneers, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, uh, Ross, uh, he was uh, out because of COVID, Kevin Ross. And Richard Sherman stepped in as the coach. Now, I'd never heard that, but that is a beautiful thing, okay? Do we have anybody in our roster that could have stepped in as a coach, you think, other than Richard Sherman? So Richard Sherman saved their ass playing playing almost every snap for about three straight games and then saved their ass again by helping coach when our coach got COVID. So, you know, Richard Sherman, um, is he the player he used to be? Nope. Is he a valuable piece of this freaking offense or this defense? Absolutely. No doubt about that. So those were some of the things that I love to see. And there were so many stories within stories yesterday. Evans catching the touchdown, which which was Brady's 600th, gives it to a young man in the crowd. Uh, Byron Kennedy, I believe his name was. And... Uh, Byron uh, gave the football up uh, for a signed jersey, a thousand dollars at a team store, and uh, and I think another football maybe. Byron, I promise you, you're kicking yourself today, because if it was Ian Beckles, they wouldn't have got the ball back immediately. I'm too good of a businessman for that. I would say no. I'm going to keep the ball. Come tell Tom to come holler at me if he wants it. And between now and then, I'll think about what I'm going to do because I believe an appraiser looked it up. And I don't know if this is locked in stone, but they said it could be worth half a million dollars. So if you think that a thousand dollars at a team store and a signed jersey and a football is the equivalent of half a million dollars, good for you. And if you're that big of a Tom Brady fan, you can't keep that football. Good for you, too. But I'm definitely a bigger fan of money than Tom Brady. So they wouldn't get that football from me. And I've heard many people say that since, and I, he's kicking himself. I guarantee he could have got a hundred times what he did because it's Tom Brady. He makes $30 million a year for an organization that makes half a billion dollars a year. And you got a thousand dollars at the gift store. <laughs> okay. Good for you. And it was also good to see Tom Brady give that hat to a young boy who had to sign up. Uh, Tom Brady helped me get over cancer. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and make a big deal out of that. Is it a beautiful thing? Absolutely. But that's something athletes should do, shouldn't it? Like, you know, the other day, they, everybody was giving an athlete credit because he uh, uh, delivered his baby in his house. What else is he supposed to do when his wife's having a baby in his house with nobody else around? You're going to give him credit for delivering his baby? You're a hero. No, you're not. 
come on, don't give people hero status for doing what they should do. And if a long, young boy has a sign up in the stands, Tom Brady helped me get over cancer and he's 12 years old. Tom Brady was supposed to go up in the stands and, and, and greet this boy. I saw Leonard Fournette at the end of the game give another young boy his jersey that was wearing, it was a young girl actually, it was wearing a Fournette jersey. That kind of stuff happens all the time. And you know what? I'm hoping the football players aren't doing it for credit. I, I really, I really do. But listen, our Buccaneer football team, we're good people. I heard a stat today on um, one of the ESPN shows. Uh, Tom Brady, since he's been a Buccaneer, 50 touchdown passes in the red zone. And let me count them up. One, zero interceptions in the red zone since he's been a Buccaneer. Our quarterback has yet to throw an interception in the red zone since he's been here, and he's throwing 50 red zone touchdowns. 50 to zero, I'm, I don't need to work out that ratio mathematic-wise, but I think it's a beautiful thing. It's fun to watch, and uh, it's one of those things where you can go ahead and do yourself a favor and look at that uh, schedule as much as you want. If you can find me four losses in that schedule, I'd like to find out where the next three losses are. Because the way the Bucks are playing, they will not lose an NFC South game. What, who are they going to lose to? Uh, who have to play? Washington? The Colts? So I said Colts yesterday. They ain't beating the Bucks anytime soon. The Buccaneers won't lose more than two games this year. Remember I said that. If anybody ever wants to hit me up, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. I have an email here from uh, Pizza Crazy. Um, he says, isn't uh, crazy the difference a year made from Kristen Wurst over uh, Khalil Mack? I'm going to be honest with you. I-, I thought people made such a big deal out of one and a half plays that Khalil Mack made last year on a rookie. Khalil Mack is maybe a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he was playing a rookie right tackle last year and made one and a half plays in a whole game and people talked about it for a whole year and it was Tristan Wurst's only bad play stop it Tristan Wurst is fantastic Tristan Wurst is better than Khalil Mack I said it how about that you don't hear that too too often so listen our Buccaneers are good people there ain't no other way to look at it they're just they're, they're too good to lose to a bad football team and I've never said that before no yes I have but it's been a long long time I mean, Tony Dungy days. Tony Dungy days, the Bucks were too good to lose to a bad football team, and they're that as well, again. Because with Brady here, defense getting better. I, I'm not convinced about our defense yet, but offensively, you're going to have to score 40 points to beat this Buccaneer team, that is for sure. Ian Beckles at Radio Influence. For those of you guys who want to email me, I always appreciate you guys listening in. And please make sure you're listening to Beckles and Retcher Monday through Friday, 327-953-WDAE. Have a wonderful week and uh, enjoy your victory Monday. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a dark to light with Frank and Beans quick fix on Radio Influence. The woman took her son to a Redimed clinic in Indiana. They went in. The nurse practitioner was seeing them. They had no idea it was a nurse practitioner and not a doctor. They're very similar. And they had said, well, if you know, if you want to go back to school, you're going to need, you know, the school might need a COVID test to let you back. And she said, you know, they're not asking me for one of those right now. I'm not really interested in getting one. You know, let's go through the thing. Let's see what he's got going on. If it's something else, then he doesn't need the COVID test anyway, basically in a nutshell. He had three other infections. He had an ear infection, a sinus infection, and bronchitis, okay? The NP pushed the test on her a little bit, but ended up saying, well, good, less work for me, and was prescribing 
antibiotics for the bacterial infections and actually spoke with the mom about which antibiotics they were going to use. Then this doctor, Dr. Julie Stark, barges into the room, informs her that the, the nurse practitioner didn't know the rules and that in order to get a school note for her son, Liz had to submit him to a COVID test. And for the third time, she says, no, thank you to the test, explains that her son had just been diagnosed with three infections and he just needs the antibiotics he'd been prescribed. At that point, Liz says the doctor denounced her saying, quote, she was stupid, wasn't a doctor and needed to go to school. Liz reminds this doctor, your doctor just diagnosed him with all three of these infections. Dr. Stark tells her she's got two choices. You either get your son tested for COVID or you leave. This woman, this doctor, it turns out, has kids that go to her school, her son's school. And Liz, the mom, has been very outspoken about the mask mandate and all of the, you know, COVID tyranny. And mm-hmm. this doctor has been a, quote, counter protester at these events. So Liz is saying to herself now, I think and I think she has got every right to believe this, that she recognized me from those things. And she targeted me specifically because of it. Dark to Light with Frank and Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.